you name it. We're on uh, 92 FM tonight. It feels like a nice, clean little band. Oh, no, isn't it? Price is right. I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere. Uninvited. Dirty thoughts and nice, clean minds. Guess who? It's me again. It's five o'clock. Do you care what the mainstream media says? What's up, fam? You out there? You listening? again my walls are closing in I felt this way before so insecure crawling in my skin these wounds they
Happy Friday. How are y'all doing today? Uh, it's good to see you guys working your way in here today. Um, special thank you to a special someone uh, for sharing that with me, and I've been trying to uh, spread it far and wide, and just uh, a special version of, uh, of that tune for sure. Do me a favor when you guys get time. Oh, crap. <laughs> As I hide it from myself. Let's see. Where did I put you? Uh, check out Tommy Avexed. Um, and I know there's, um, some other great musicians, um, within this community that are, uh, you know, that are, that are working to, to spread some messages, you know what I'm saying? So, um, uh, let me get this out there to you and, uh, you guys can... Spread that far and wide, if you so choose. How you guys doing today? Anyone feeling like uh, calling in and hanging out? Um, it's up to you. Let me know. Tag me wherever you're at if you want to come in and hang out. Uh, you, we'll have to do it like 20 minutes at a time. Yeah, it is too much truth in that song, isn't it? <laughs> too much truth. It's good to see you guys today. Um... I don't know, man. It's a chill Friday. I got some good stuff to talk about for sure. I uh, definitely want to go over to Twitter files. I haven't read them yet, so we'll go through that here in just a minute. bunch of other just kind of random stuff uh, out there today. Um, you know, <laughs> not a whole lot of uh, extremely interesting stuff. So we'll just kind of hang out today for a couple hours. And um, if anybody wants to come in and hang out, tag me real quick. And I'll open up the lines and uh, we'll get you in here. Um Everyone over there on TigerNetworkTour3.com, good to see you guys over there lurking and listening. Much love. Rumble crowd's working their way in here today. Guys, good to see you guys. Do me a favor, hit that thumbs up button uh, over there on Rumble. Much love to all the lurkers over there. Appreciate you guys being here today. Uh, Twitch crowd's working their way in here today. How you guys doing? Desert Beauty, great to see you. It is, um, it's great to see you guys out there. Love to Francis. Hope all is well. Chris and Polidius, thank you guys very much for all you guys do behind the scenes and to uh, keep things under control here. And I appreciate the feedback. Please keep the feedback coming. I appreciate you guys. Much love. And then uh, everyone over there else on uh, DLive or wherever else you may be lurking and listening today, thank you all for being here. But most importantly, how's the Foxhole fam doing today? How you guys doing? Much love. Great to see you guys over there today. Appreciate you all being here. What's up, Leonard? Good to see you, man. Um, let's see. Who's here today? Palladius, first. Great to see you. RP4L. Miss in the moment. Miss in the moment, I think. Did I get it right finally? <laughs> I think this is the first time I may have gotten your name right. Naturally, Nikki, how are you? Uh, leftover. <laughs> uh, gotcha, gotcha. Con congratulations on your, your new baby. I hope you're hanging in there. Uh, I get it. I understand the, the new baby thing. No sleep and no time for yourself. Um, but uh, thank you for hanging out with us today. Thank you for being here. Don, how are you? Um, and let's see who else. Many others over there lurking and listening today. Thanks for being here today, guys. Hope all is well. Um, let me just check in here real quick with President Trump, see how he's doing here today. Um, I haven't had a chance to check his feed, so let me check in there real quick. And we'll go through the Twitter files. I got some other stuff I want to talk about, too, with uh, cash. I don't know, man. I, you know, I'm just trying to um, to stay open-minded no matter what the source is and uh, not blindly trust anybody, and um, you can bet on that. Um, so 
keeping an, an open mind is possible with all this, but uh, still trying to discern what's really going on. Uh, President Trump here today. Let's see what he's got going on. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, that's right. I knew there was something I wanted to see. He's uh, <laughs> he's reposted that a few times. Um, so interesting. So let's see. Uh, let's let's see what he has to say here. Our country has become the investigation capital of the world. Actually, that's all we do. Uh, that's, let me boost that, please. Stand by one. Let me get this uh, audio better for you. All right, let's try that again. Our country has become the investigation capital of the world. Actually, that's all we do, and it's only good for our many enemies, our enemies that are laughing at us all over the world. They could not be happier as they brilliantly plot our demise and destruction. We have to get back to making America great again. Interesting uh, statement from President Trump. And he, like I said, he uh, retruthed that. It's all the same one, right? Yeah. They create. Or is it not? Are these different or are these all the same? Look at look at how many times. Oh, okay. Is it all right? So twenty three minute and a half. The violent and vicious riots in Atlanta carried out by the anti police radical left anarchists are an abomination, and it has to stop. These extremists smash windows, set fire to a police cruiser, destroyed businesses, laid waste to downtown Atlanta and were even found carrying explosives. They wanted to kill people. They didn't quite have that opportunity, but they would have, and they wouldn't have lost any sleep over it. Unfortunately, nothing will happen to most of these rioters because of the Marxist prosecutors who have seized control of the justice system in Atlanta, just like they are in New York, just like they have in other places. As always, it's hardworking, law-abiding citizens of all backgrounds who pay the price for this radical left extremism sponsored by George Soros, it seems. The rioters who attack our wonderful police officers and destroy so many lives must be punished to the fullest extent of the law. And when I'm president again, if Marxist prosecutors betray their oaths and refuse to protect our citizens, I will not hesitate to send in federal law enforcement to restore peace and public safety. We will restore law and order in America. We've never seen anything like is happening right now. Crime is up by 50, 60, 70, and 100 percent in these radical left Democrat-run cities. We can't let it happen. Our country is going to hell. We're going to make America great again. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Not soon enough, Mr. President. In the middle of the city's bloodiest crime wave in decades, the left-wing lunatics on the Washington, D.C. City Council have passed a radical bill to throw because why did you bring it? Because they're white? During those Pfizer meetings. Yeah, how many white people are at those Pfizer meetings? Probably going to be a lot more in it from now on. January 6th. Taking the COVID virus? No, you didn't. May I show you the video? Rumble, I fucking hate your autoplay garbage. 
in the middle of the city's bloodiest crime wave in decades. The left-wing lunatics on the Washington, D.C. City Council have passed a radical bill to throw open the jailhouse doors, set loose violent felons, and let criminals run wild. I just wonder, are they going to allow the Patriots of January 6th to go, or are they going to be the only ones in jail in Washington, D.C.? The bill is a horrific catalog of the sickest and most twisted ideas of the radical Democrats to fund the police crusade. And remember, for all of the police that are listening, they want to defund the police. That's where they started, and that's where they want to finish. It reduces penalties for carjackers. It lowers penalties for robberies. It slashes penalties for convicted felons committing gun crimes. It eliminates almost all mandatory minimum sentences. Murders in D.C. are up 63 percent year-to-date. Yet the bill even makes murderers and rapists eligible for early release. But again, what about January 6th, people? They're patriots in so many cases, and they're being destroyed by this system. It seeks to overwhelm the court system by dramatically expanding jury trials for simple misdemeanors so that criminals will not be charged for those offenses. It's a betrayal of our police, and it's a betrayal of our people. By virtue of the federal government's unique responsibility for the District of Columbia, Congress can vote to stop these deranged policies from going into law. Congress should immediately send a resolution to Joe Biden's desk rejecting this weak-on-crime agenda. Biden will then face the stark choice. Does he stand with murderers, rapists, and carjackers, and violent criminals, or does he stand with the law-abiding citizens of our nation's capital. Biden must be forced to stop this bill, or Washington, D.C. will become a hellscape of bloodshed, looting, trauma, and death, which it already is. Right now, the city has the worst record on crime and murder that it's ever had. It's through the roof. They want to make it much worse, and they'll do it if this passes. So end it right now. Thank you. Agreed. And President Trump looking very, very, very presidential uh, today. Under Joe Biden, the world has become vastly more dangerous, and there is no greater danger than the deadly menace of nuclear weapons and hypersonic missiles. Hypersonic missiles move at many times the speed of sound and six times faster than current missiles. Armed with nuclear weapons, they could annihilate entire cities and even countries within minutes. And we cannot let this happen. If you take a look right now, the nuclear word is being mentioned all the time. This is a word that you're not allowed to use. It was never used during the Trump administration, but now other countries are using that word against us because they have no respect for our leadership. World War III would be a catastrophe unlike any other. This would make World War I and World War II like very small battles. The best way to ensure that such a conflict never happens is to be prepared with unmatched technology and unrivaled strength. To this end, when I'm Commander-in-Chief, which we did an awfully good job at rebuilding our military, we rebuilt the entire military, 
Once again, I will work with Congress and our great military leaders, not the ones you see on television. I don't consider them leaders. But we're going to work with them to build a state-of-the-art next-generation missile defense shield. Just as Israel is now protected by the Iron Dome, a dream once thought impossible, America must have an impenetrable dome to protect our people. We worked with Israel to develop that dome. They relied on us. Not just them. They relied on us. We have technology that's unsurpassed, but our past leaders haven't really wanted to use it. I rebuilt our military at a level that nobody thought possible, but we have to now go that further step. We must be able to defend our homeland, our allies, and our military assets around the world from the threat of hypersonic missiles, no matter where they are launched from. Our adversaries must understand that they, not the United States, will be totally destroyed if they ever dared to launch missiles against our homeland. The Space Force, which was inaugurated under my leadership, will have a very vital role to play. It was such an important thing we did. The Democrats fought us all the way, but we got it passed. First time in 79 years, a new force. Just as I rebuilt our military, especially our nuclear capabilities, I will build the shield to defend America from missile attack. We will have a peace through strength. And that's what we had. And we had no wars during the Trump administration. We had no wars. Remember that. Because we were strong. The other side knew it. And they didn't want to play games. They didn't want to mess around. Thank you very much. Again, looking very uh, presidential today. Uh, very interesting. Uh, let's see, three hours ago, another one. One of the very same FBI officials who was centrally involved in the launch of the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax has now been charged for himself colluding with a Russian oligarch. In other words, colluding with Russia. Charles McGonagall was allegedly paid a quarter of a million dollars by a former Russian intelligence official even while he was still working for the FBI, trying to frame the President of the United States, your favorite President, me, as a Russian spy. I said, I'm not a Russian spy. Where does this all come from? This was a setup. This was a hoax. This was a total international disgrace to our country. This latest example of galling corruption and hypocrisy is one more reason why we need a president to clean house in Washington, D.C., and restore government that is honest, transparent, and accountable to the American people. Uh, one of these days, Mr. President. Um, we thought we were almost there, but uh, apparently not. Um, stop. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about this Charles McGonagall guy. McGonagall. Real quick. Here is the official indictment from the U.S. Department of Justice, Southern District of New York. Trying to remember where Durham's operating out of. Is he operating out of SDNY? I don't, I don't think he is, but uh, anyways. Uh, McGonagall and... Shatekoff, Shistekoff, the defendants, violated sanctions imposed by the United States on Oleg Deripaska, a Russian oligarch. 
McGonnell was a former senior official of the FBI. Shestekov is a former Soviet and Russian diplomat who uh, more recently served as an interpreter for the United States federal courts and prosecutors in 2021. So this indictment of McGonagall is from actions in 2021 of violating sanctions against Oleg Deripaska. Now, the sanctions that were put on Oleg Deripaska are, don't make sense when it comes to the bigger Russiagate scandal. Right? <laughs> right? Is, is Deripaska the main link to my Russia? Huh. That's not the way that I looked at it. Is he a, a cog, a piece? But he's a piece that's being attacked by the Democrat establishment, right? It's, it's Obozo's Justice Department that's gone after Deripaska. It's Garland's Justice Department that's gone after Deripaska. <laughs> Is anybody else seeing what I'm seeing here? The, they're, Cash and all, everybody else that I see are linking this indictment to Durham. This indictment is for violating sanctions in 2021 against Deripaska. I, I felt knowing the depths of Deripaska and the, and the links to Russia. How, how does this have anything to do with Russia? I don't see it. I don't see it. So, first of all, um, Mc, McGonagall. How do you spell this dude's name? G O N G O N I G A L. Let me see. Let me. If is there a picture of this guy out there? Okay. Here he is. Interesting. Okay, so there. That's that guy, right? All right. Now, I'm gonna get off. I'm just gonna do this real quickly because I, I tell me if I'm not the only one that that understands. <laughs> that there's, there's something that doesn't link correctly here with Durham, Deripaska, McGonagall, and Marussia, okay? Now, Damian Williams is the United States attorney who who is um, investigated uh, this indictment, okay? So he's out of SDNY, who is... Damian Williams, Andre Damian Williams Jr. was born in 1980, American lawyer, United States attorney for SDNY. Wow. African-American U.S. attorney from the Southern District of New York, born in 1980, fast-tracked his way straight up to SDNY. What do we know about SDNY, fam? Okay. Thank you. I'm just asking questions. Who was he appointed by? Joe Biden. Where did he get his start at? Take a wild guess. He's a law clerk to Merrick Garland in D.C. from 2007 to 2008. Oh, so 
he got a law clerkship while Obama was president. Gotcha, gotcha. He, he then served for law clerk for Justice uh, John Paul Stevens from 2008 to 2009. Wow. That's impressive. What's your education? Oh, Harvard. Huh. Yale, Cambridge. I- interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Uh, similar background to Obama, right? Fast-tracked his way straight to the top. Very, very interesting. Got his way, you know, from, from 2009 to 2012, he worked for Paul Weiss, Rifkind, Wharton, and Garrison. Finally went to work for a major swamp party, Sixth Avenue law firm. Then from 2012 to 2021, served as United States Attorney for the U.S. Attorney's Office of SDNY, where he uh, served as Chief of Securities and Commodities Task Force from 2018 to 2011, 2021, excuse me. 2018, he helped secure conviction of Sheldon Silver, the former Speaker of the New York State Assembly. 2021, Chuck Schumer recommended Williams to be the next U.S. Attorney for SDNY. Huh. So, Mr. President, Cash, Everyone out there linking this to Durham. I'm not, uh, is there, huh? huh? (laughs) So then check this out. Yeah. Don't, whatever you do, Miles, just don't, don't do whatever I tell you to do. I, I love it when it does that. Okay, so I'm going to go over to Telegram. This is why Telegram is so freaking handy, dude. It's kind of like Twitter in this way. Search Damien Williams, right? What do you get? Look at that. Breaking 911 has a bunch of them. Halls of Justice got a couple of them. Well, what are, what are these? From 10-11-2021, New York City Uber tri- driver tried to join the Taliban. These are all of the cases under the SDNY since 2021 that Damien Williams has prosecuted. NYPD officer missed a trafficking meth liquid date rape drug. Huh. Interesting. 10-13-2021. That's interesting timing. A New York police officer admitting to trafficking meth and a liquid date rape drug. Okay, so that's one of the, another one, another one of them. Uh, let's see, two seven twenty twenty two, bank CEO who loaned sixty million to Paul Manafort sentenced for a scheme in the in a, to get a job in the Trump cabinet, huh? So so this guy went after uh, a bank CEO who uh, loaned money to Paul Manafort. That links to Durham how? Uh, weapon used to shoot a NYPD officer during a commute was found inside of a teddy bear in a baby's crib, huh? Also prosecuted by Williams. Um, for 12, 2022, Damien Williams said a former New York police officer, John Cicero, spent years betraying his former law enforcement partners, enriching himself and endangering the community by importing a dangerous liquid date rape drug. And for 12, 2022, self uh, described incel who idolized killer Elliot Rogers, sentenced for stalking and a twisted threats against women. That's on 414, 2022. Then we go to 710 where we get gang members sentenced for chilling dismemberment in New York City. Real Housewives, uh, Jennifer Shaw pleads guilty to fraud and telemarketing case. Ex-congressman, char- and, uh, among, ex- you, uh, ex-congressman 
among nine charged in an insider trading cases. Former U.S. congressman from Indiana, technology company executives, a man training for the FBI agent, and an investment banker were among nine people charged in four separate unrelated insider trading schemes revealed in the unsealing of indictments in New York City on 7-5-2022. Stephen Beyer was accusing court papers of engaging in insider trading. This $26.5 billion merger of T-Mobile and Sprint. Now, isn't that interesting? Alabama man couple plead guilty to supporting terror uh, after attempted to board a cargo ship to, uh, to join ISIS. Seven years, uh, John Solnik, Skolnik abused his position of trust as assistant principal in New York City schools. Man indicted for starting a NYC, NYC spa play, uh, blaze. And then this. U.S. prosecutors open a probe of FTX months before the collapse of the U.S. Uh, uh, months before the collapse. SDNY office led by Damian Williams opening a probe into FTX. Interesting. And then the latest one, 12-20-2022, uh, Massachusetts man convicted of trafficking four tons of cocaine. So those, those are the ones that, that are mentioned by that. Why do I bring this up? Well, we're going to talk about this uh, FTX months, uh, this article from November 2020, November 21st, 2021 in just a second. But first, this breaking today. Scaramucci's Skybridge Capital lost 39% last year. Huh, Scaramucci in the news. Scaramucci's investment firm, Skybridge Capital, dropped 39% last year thanks to the wrong way crypto bets including an equity park partnership with the now bankrupt crypto exchange FTX. Hmm. Interesting. The declines sparked a sizable move by investors to return for a return of their money with a request of the redemption of 60% of the firm's capital at the uh, September 30th deadline. Only 10% of the firm's capital has been returned. Skybridge previously gave investors four redemption periods during the year with a promise of returning at least 25% of the cash each quarter, but now it's been cut to two. <laughs> Interesting. Among Skybridge backers is FTX itself. FTX Ventures last September announcing the purchase of a 30% stake in the asset manager. So how did Scaramucci get wrapped up into FTX? What's really going on here? For all those wondering how it is possible that nobody, not even a singular, singular, single regulator, acted out on the countless red warning signs, CME CEO Terry Duffy issued an explicit warning to Congress that SBF was fraud a few months ago, before November 2021, amid the fawning and filleting media and the countless bribed politicians, we may have the answer. According to Bloomberg, long before Sam Bankman frieds FTX cryptocurrency empire imploded, it was already on the radar of federal prosecutors in Manhattan. According to Bloomberg sources familiar with the investigation, the U.S. Attorney's Office for SDNY, led by Damian Williams, spent several months working on a sweeping examination of the cryptocurrency platforms with United States and offshore arms and had uh, started poking into FTX's massive exchange operations. The focus of the probe was on compliance of the Bank Secrecy Act, which requires financial institutions to take steps to prevent money laundering and terrorism financing, and which has been used by authorities to go after crypto platforms that allegedly falsely claimed they don't serve U.S. customers. The Bahamas-based FTX, which operated at one of the world's largest international crypto exchanges, as well as a separate and much more limited venue called FTX U.S., said that it has complied with the act. Now, just because uh, New York um, 
Southern District of New York AG was probing FTX doesn't mean they actually found anything. After all, as as we all know, the effective altruist and generous Democrat donor that is SBF was protected by powerful political interests, interests, I can't speak today, and as BBG adds, it's unclear whether prosecutors in Manhattan reached any conclusion in their probe before FTX collapsed. Interesting. The, they, that put the federal investigation into a new trajectory, they say. If only the attorney's office, headed since October 21 by Democrat Damian Williams, had done its job better and faster, much of the ensuing fallout may have been contained. Long known for its prowess in tackling complex financial crimes, the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan has handled the lion's share of the government's crypto cases since digital assets came into vogue about a decade ago. That includes a half dozen in the year through October, roughly double the number brought by Department of Justice offices in that period, an analyst of federal docket shows. The office benefits from longstanding working relationships between prosecutors and FBI and SEC investigators. I bet they have a long relationship of covering for money laundering, as well as its location in the nation's largest financial hub. Funds pass through Wall Street or an email exchange with one of the city's many firms can help give prosecutors there an edge in claiming jurisdiction. Okay. What does this mean to, to me? This means that this prosecutor was tasked with covering up these crimes and it hasn't been covered up. Does this tie to, does FTX tie to Durham somehow? Maybe financially somehow, some way, you know, through money laundering and the rest, uh, Clinton found it, I don't know. But but to, to make this assumption that this indictment, sealed indictment that was released with regards to McGonagall is linked to Durham is, it, there's no sauce, there's no factual basis and there's no sauce and there's no reason to think that if you look into it. Just a little bit. The FBI guy after me for the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, long before my election as president, was just arrested for taking money from Russia, Russia, Russia. May he rot in hell. Well, he's not the only one that I hope rots in hell, Mr. President. I appreciate the sentiment. Peter Baker writes in the failing New York Times that, quote, Biden's errors on files, meaning documents, blur Trump's case. Well, that's the way it is. But, you know, there are bigger problems because who's seeing all of his files? Who's seeing all those documents? They're put in a basement, an unlocked basement with no security. So it may be so, what Peter says, but perhaps he means it in a much different way because as you know, Peter Baker was President Obama's biographer and his biggest fan. The biggest fan. Think of that. And what he had in mind was probably different from what other people were thinking. Politically, it has effectively let former President Donald J. Trump off the hook. The fact that Biden was so egregious, and he might be right about that, Peter. He might be right. They said, let me off the hook. However, he states that Biden is cooperated with authorities while President Trump is not. This is just false. It's exactly the opposite. We were dealing with NARA, adding extra locks at the request of the people that wanted it locked up. We had it locked up, but they wanted extra locks. We added them. 
We were talking to NARA very nicely as per the Presidential Records Act. That's what it says we have to do. Everything was going fine. We would have worked out a deal. And we were getting along, believe it or not. And then, lo and behold, they raided Mar-a-Lago. They came in and raided it. The same place that they asked us to put an extra lock, they went and raided that. So what's going on in this country is sad. It's very sad. And it has to stop. And it has to stop soon. It was exactly the opposite. We were the ones that were transparent. We were the ones that were dealing with NARA and even the FBI. They should have never been involved. What we did was according to the Presidential Records Act and according to the Sox case. That was a Clinton case that covers this very accurately. The Sox case was a big victory. But according to that and the Presidential Records Act, we were doing everything perfectly. Biden wasn't. It was just the opposite. We were transparent. He wasn't. Thank you very much. Absolutely no leaks from the Durham investigation at all. And already a lot of leaks from the special, the new special counsels that are appointed. Hmm. Tiana Lowe from the Washington Examiner said it best. Quote, it's very disturbing that this goes back to time in the Senate. Because unlike President Trump, Vice President Biden, didn't have the right to declassify these documents, no ability whatsoever to do so. We're talking about a span of two decades minimum. The timeline there were 68 days elapsed between Biden finding the documents and them becoming public news. They did this to avoid not only the midterm election, but the crucial Georgia election, a DOJ cover-up, end of quote, why did they do that? I wonder, according to the great Maria Bartiroma, she's great, on Mornings with Maria, the Justice Department has shown us that this has been a double standard, a totally double standard. If you're a Republican, or especially if you're a Trump Republican, they go after you. If you're a Democrat, you can do anything you want, including murder. Just take a look at Antifa and BLM. But Maria Bartiromo gets it, and there's no doubt about that. Also, election interference was in effect, given the fact that they sat on this information, and we didn't know until January, long after the election was over. This is a disgrace to our country. It's a disgrace to free and fair elections, which they weren't. Thank you. They created this document mess for themselves by being so totally deranged about me. And I did absolutely nothing wrong. It's really incredible to watch, isn't it? Yeah, that it is. It, it really is incredible to watch, Mr. President. Our country has become the investigation capital of the world. Actually, that's all we do. And it's only good for our many enemies, our enemies that are laughing at us all over the world. They could not be happier as they brilliantly plot our demise and destruction. We have to get back to making America great again. Not soon enough. Not soon enough. There you go. There's the complete updates. And then, let's see, two hours ago, congratulations to Ronna McDaniel on her big win as RNC chair. Now we have to stop the Democrats from cheating in elections. Wouldn't that be great, Ronna?
Congratulations, Toronto. It's great to see Harmeet get 51 votes, though. Um, that is a good sign. Uh, we're making progress in the, in the Republican Party. Anybody out there that donates to the RNC is not awake. Tell your friends, family members, anybody who donates to the RNC to stop donating. Most of the money they get, though, is through their funding channels. You know what I'm saying? So I would I would venture a guess to say they don't get a whole lot of, uh, you know, $5, $10, just average people donations. But hopefully people aren't going to CPAC. Hopefully people aren't funding CPAC and uh, the rest of the um, Rhino establishment and are funding Hopefully a new party. That would be great. President Trump should run it as an independent. Uh, fake news. Fox fake news is terrible. Anything bad for Trump, they go with, even if it's not true. They refuse to show the major polls that have me leading by all Republicans in a landslide and beating hopeless Joe Biden by a lot. Nobody else has numbers like this, and it's driving them together with their friends at the club for no growth. Paul Ryan, Carl Rove, and the Rhino class. Crazy. It's 2016 all over again, even I, even I, even though I did better in 2020 by a lot. Yes, you did, sir. Fox Fake News is not with me, and I'm not with them. Truth. <laughs> Love it. All right, and that that is, I think that's the update here. Let me just refresh here real quick. I'll catch up with you guys here in chat. Sorry. While I was playing the videos once again, <laughs> nice season pixels. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, that's everything. All right. So let me catch up with you guys here in chat. I'm winging it today. I got some stuff to talk about, like the Twitter files and stuff, but you know, it's kind of a quiet news day. I just kind of wanted to hang out with you guys today and I appreciate you all being here. Um, rumble crowd lurking, listening, hanging out. Good to see you guys. Thanks for being here. Do me a favor. Please, please, please hit that thumbs up button over there. All right, Foxhole. I saw a bunch of you over here and I missed a bunch of comments and I missed a bunch of stuff. I apologize. Thank you for being here today. J bell dropping a ship on me. Who cares with 145 gold pills? Salute back to you, sir. And as well as Judy, the lady pug dropping me a cookie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Tori is out there. Let me see. Let me catch up with you guys here. Finally. I, I hate that I can't have, I'm going to have to figure something out on this. Anyways, how do we clean up the 5 million plus illegals along with our states? It's a mess. It is a freaking mess. We got a battle ahead of us. That's for sure. We're going to have to uh, have a major landslide in the next election. It's the only solution. I get it. The elections are a disaster, but that's our only solution. And at the local level, getting a hold of, getting a handle on the voter rolls is probably the most important thing that we can do out there, no doubt about it. So that's, that's the action item that a lot of people are taking out there right now. My bro Joe dropping some shades on me. Thanks, bro. Appreciate that. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Judy. My tea. Thanks, thanks. All right. Um, let's see. Where did I want to go from here? Um... Anyways, Joe, yeah, I, I'm try, I try not to uh, to interrupt your show, but I was digging on that last night. I'm just like, what the fuck is Cash talking about, dude? There's no, I'm, there's no link to Durham with this that that anybody can actually see if they dig. So I don't know. Um, all right, what do I have? Is there anything I can talk about besides the Twitter files? Oh, I know what I wanted to do today. I had a whole show plan lined up last night. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 this has always been the time that I've been on, so I'm just going to probably stay here, I guess. Um, it works. It's been working okay for in general. I don't know. I'm just, right now, I'm just trying to get through uh, the next month, and then we'll see what happens. Two states 
Now have universal school choice, and that's going to be yours. Let's see. What else do we have? I have the Antifa stuff. I have the Marine Corps stuff. Um, that's an interesting one. Uh, let's see. That's an interesting one. Okay. So really, that's about all I got. <laughs> Twitter files. Um, uh, DeSantis endorsed Harmony Dillon. Excellent to hear. Let's see. Uh, what did election integrity laws achieve in 2022? New report details what worked and what didn't. New article by the Federalist. Uh, U.S. Okay, so there's my zero hedges back there. Let's see. Massive short squeeze sparks surge in stocks despite hawkish shift. What the hell? Um, Rana leftist talking heads claim they're letting Trump back on Facebook will destroy democracy. Uh, stupid Associated Press article. Um, stuff happening in Minnesota again. Uh, more of the race baiting stuff happening out there yesterday, today. Several different cities facing uh, some type of manufactured race baiting uh, riots and stuff. So hopefully it's a quiet weekend um, and hopefully the truth gets out on all those. Um, Loveland man in Colorado arrested for uh, church fire. Interesting. Pilots are dying at Southwest Airlines at six times the normal rate after the COVID vaccine rollout. Uh, Rana won with 111 votes. Miss Donna thoughts. Yes, Miss Donna. I am godsmacked that it was that high. You and me both. The 168 total ignored the will of the people they actually represent. They don't care. We know at least one of our Georgia GOP leaders endorsed Harmeet, and another was a Harmeet adjacent. The question is, what do we do now? Do you abandon or double down? I choose to double down and fight. Mass precinct meetings will begin over the next few months. What is mass precinct meeting? That is when you become a precinct officer. There are four officers for every precinct. If you show up, odds are that you will be elected as a precinct officer. Then you move on to the county level meetings. The precinct officers vote for the county officers. Vet them. But be prepared. The GOP establishment will lash out if defeated. You have a choice. Disengage or become more engaged. I choose the latter. If you engage, you will vote them out. I don't like... The, I don't like to pull the age card, but I will. I attended my first mass precinct meeting three years ago. There were about 200 people there. I was 50 years old. Less than 20% of the people in the room were younger than me. Where is Gen X in the GOP party apparatus? Where are the millennials? If we don't change tactics, we will die. Third party is not an option. We have to take over the apparatus. That won't help us. With the Mitch problem, but it's a start. Do you really think that they would give over the party without a fight? No, I don't, Ms. Donna. What else do you have? I attended my first uh, meeting. I attended my first ma uh, mass precinct meeting in 2020. I was welcomed because I was young at age 51. I had no idea what happened that day. I was the precinct chair by default. I had no idea what that meant at the time. No one told me. I was given zero information. I said, I have, I said, I have time. Use me. I reached out to my county mo uh, multiple times, zero response, zero help in what uh, it meant to be a precinct chair. I literally had no idea. 
I told my county chair that I'm available. Use me. Not one call back. I did my own thing. I did caravans. We did signs, uh, sign waving on our own. We did voter registrations. I still had zero idea, idea what it meant to be a precinct chair until I received an email after the election. Jason and Pam can say they did all they could in 2020. In 2020, they didn't follow up with me. At my first meeting, I spoke up and said, what happened? Thank you, Ms. Donna. We'll spread that word out there to everybody out there. That's uh, good news, good good information to have, and I'll have to look into that. Uh, there's a task that I need to do. I'm not sure what Illinois' rules are on that and stuff, and so, yeah. Um, uh, the, nine, the Paul Pelosi stuff's out there if you want to see that. Rise of the Antichrist movie modernizes left behind story showing government's new power to control. Interesting. Raccoon, what's up? Okay. Let's see. Interesting thoughts. Stop recording yourself in the gym. (laughs) Good article by the Federalist. All right. So there's that. Let's get to the Twitter files here. See what the... Let's see what's in these, and then um, anytime you guys want to hang out, you're welcome to hop in here. Let me know. Just just uh, DM me real quick, and uh, welcome to come in and hang out on this relaxing Friday. Thanks for being here today, guys. Hey, J.D. Rich is in the house, and many others on Rumble. Thanks for being here. The Fallen One, good to see you out there, my friend, as well as... Uh, T-Webs, Cherie's in the house. Good to see you. Moto Cowgirl, Sean, Joe, thank you. Thanks, guys, for being here today. Hope all is well, Toria. Hope all is well, Jay. All right. Um, what is the Twitter files today? Shall we see? 20-minute read. <sighs> Jeez. Give me a second. Seven Israelis shot to death in an attack in a synagogue in a Jewish neighborhood in East Jerusalem by a, a brainwashed towelhead. Move over, Jason Blair. Twitter files expose the next great media fraud. What do we have here? Clint Watts, leader of Hamilton 60, Hamilton 68. Interesting. Now you and your team, you guys created a website. Hamilton. Holy cow, that's loud enough. Can you hear that okay? Now you and your team, you guys created a website. Hamilton 60. Yes, my colleagues and I, we tracked Russian accounts. That's some bullshit. So they're literally right now, they're Russian bots, according to your website, that are putting this out into the world. Is that right. correct? That's bull. <laughs> All right, Matt. Matt's uh, in a good mood today. <laughs> I think we need to just call this out on the bullshit it is. Yoel Roth to Hamilton 68 account list. 
it's so weird and self-selecting and they're, they're so unwilling to be transparent and defend their selection that I think we need to just call this out on the bullshit. It is interesting falsely accuses a bunch of legitimate right-leaning accounts of being Russian bots. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not a Russian bot. <laughs> Unlike release the memo hashtag. <laughs> this one is primarily being driven by data from Hamilton 68. I'll do another sweep for spam shortly. But as of yesterday, this looked like right-leaning hashtag about the shutdown, which only got the label of Russian because the Hamilton dashboard, dashboard falsely accused of a bunch of legitimate right-leaning accounts of being Russian bots. <laughs> How we publicly push back on Hamilton is a bigger question, but I don't think there's anything too noteworthy about this hashtag beyond this, y'all. Crap, swinging a miss on the mute button again. Um, virtually any conclusion drawn from it will take cons conservations, conversations in conservative circles and Twitter and accuse them of being Russian bots. These are quotes by Twitter executives about Hamilton 68, a digital dashboard that claimed to track Russian influence, and it was the source of hundreds, if not thousands, of mainstream print and TV news stories in the Trump years. Hmm. Hamilton 68, a new tool to track Russian disinformation on Twitter Alliance for securing democracy. Uh, we did the dig on this one. This when we found this in 2017, kind of hilarious. Um, the dashboard was headed by former FBI counterintelligence official and current MSNBC contributor. Clint Watts was funded by a neoliberal think tank, the Alliance for securing democracy. The ASD Advisory Council includes neoconservative writer Bill Kristol, former ambassador to Russia, Michael McFaul, an ex-Hillary for America chief, John Podesta, and former heads or deputy heads of CIA, NSA, and the Department of Homeland Security, Obama's Stasi. Hmm. Interesting. So the advisory council that had John Podesta on it and Mike McFaul... Scumbag extraordinaire, Mike Chertoff, Thomas Ills, David Kramer. <laughs> You're a who's who of globalist scumbags. Censoring accounts like me for too much truth. That's nice to know. 
News outlets for years cited Watson Hamilton 68 when claiming Russian bots were amplifying an endless parade of social media causes against strikes in Syria in support of Fox News host Laura Ingram and campaigns of both Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders. Here's the articles there written by NBC News. One tiny corner of the U.S. government pushes back against Russian disinformation. Washington Post. Russia-linked accounts were tweeting their support of embattled Fox News host Laura Ingram. Uh, securing, let's see, the Russian bots are coming. <laughs> this bipartisan duel is in on it. <laughs> Jamie Fly and Laura Rosenberger crossed party lines. What? Uh, supporting Senator Bernie Sanders and Trump, uh, the Mueller indictment, support of the findings of Clint, Ro Clint Watts, former senior fellow at the Alliance for Securing Democracy, who crafted the Russian interference dating back to 2014. What is, what is what does Hillary have against Putin? What does Putin have on Hillary? Hamilton 68 was the source of stories claiming Russian bots pushed terms like deep state or hashtags like fire McMaster, Schumer shutdown, walk away, released the memo, Alabama Senate race and Parkland shooting, among many others. <laughs> Mother Jones, Russia propagandists are pushing for Roy Moore to win. Remember that? The secret ingredient to Hamilton 68's analytical method? A list. Quote, our analysis has linked 600 Twitter accounts to Russian influence activities online. Was how the site put it at launch. <laughs> what is this tool exactly? In the Federalist Papers, 68 Alexander Hamilton, you don't even understand what Alexander Hamilton was ever saying. Our analysis has linked 600 Twitter accounts to Russian influence activities online. Okay, so this is August 2nd, 2017. <clears throat> um, I, need a, I need a digger. Can you find the Q post that... that, that um, Shows all of the Twitter accounts that were uh, that were taken down, like Just Jules and you know that whole first purge. Can you find that uh, Q post? I need a date. I need the Q post and the date, August second, twenty seventeen. Hamilton sixty eight never released the list, claiming the Russians will simply shut the accounts down. All of those reporters and TV personalities making claims about Russian bots never really knew what they were describing. For what it's worth. Rosenberger and Fly disclose their methodology on their website and say they can't reveal the list of 600 accounts they are following or the Russians will simply shut them down. Other researchers with whom I've spoken say the tweets and messages found by Hamilton 68 certainly are consistent with what they've seen from Russian-linked accounts. Rosenberger, who spent years in the Obama White House and the State Department, laughs at the idea that she's a neocon plant Though it is true that her advisory board contains both liberal Russian experts like former Obama ambassador in Moscow, Mike McFall, as well as a favorite Greenwald, Bets Neor, the original neocon, Bill Crystal. Of course, the establishment is involved. Twitter executives were in a unique position to recreate Hamilton's list, reverse engineering it from the site's requests for Twitter data. Concerned about the deluge of Hamilton-based news stories, they did so, and what they found 
shocked them. I found their API key, which is a mysterious art I can't quite describe, and then looked at which user IDs they were passing as parameters to the user timeline endpoint. Curious, what was the methodology for reverse engineering the accounts? At long last, I've been able to reverse engineer the list of accounts behind Hamilton 68 dashboard. The securing democracy people have never been willing to release the list to anyone. Full list here, docs, Google, spreadsheet, so forth. The dashboard includes 648 accounts as opposed to the 600 they claim. The selection of accounts is bizarre and seemingly quite arbitrary. They appear to strongly preference pro-Trump accounts, which they use to assert that Russia is expressing a preference for Trump, even though there's not good evidence that any of the accounts they selected are or are not actually Russian. Let's discuss strategy and how we want to use this information. I think it can help us refute a bit of refute a lot of the thinking in DC based around the dashboard. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so these accounts they concluded are neither strongly Russian nor strongly bots. <laughs> no evidence to support the statement that the dashboard is a finger on the pulse of Russian information ops, hardly illuminating a massive influence operation, unquote. Hey, John DB, what's good? What's up, Willie? How are you? Okay, um, here is the email here. I want to read these. So this is Carbon Copy Nick Pickles on February 15th, 2018. <laughs> you got to love seeing pickles in there. 4885. Thank you. October 17th, 2020. <laughs> Is JFK Jr. alive? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So here's the accounts. Past five hours that were banned. So this is tw October 17th, 2020. Interesting. There's there's a, there's one before this, um, way before this. Um, do you see how it works? Why are they so heavily invested in attacking, forcing POTUS to denounce? Attempt two times. When do you expend ammunition? Love it. There's another one that has two separate posts. It's around 585, 600, 620, 680, somewhere in there. It's got two long posts full of Twitter uh, accounts. Um, let's see. What was... Um, I'm trying to think of one of the names that were on it. I can't think right now. Let me get back to Twitter files. Second email here. Um, here's the methodology. It looks like they picked 600 accounts and they believe are aligned with Russia. And then check what the, what the, they tweet. Secure democracy, Hamilton dashboard. Harm, hardly illuminating a massive influence operation. <laughs> yeah. Except, of course, us crazy cutards. There's no evidence to support their statements that the dashboard is a finger on the pulse of Russian information ops. Okay. Um, in layman terms, 
Hamilton 68 barely had any Russians. In fact, apart from a few RT accounts, it's mostly full of ordinary Americans, Canadians, and British. It was a scam. Instead of tracking how Russia influenced American attitudes, Hamilton 68 simply collected a handful of mostly real, mostly American accounts and described their organic conversations as Russian scheming. Twitter immediately recognized these Hamilton-driven news stories posed a major ethical problem, potentially implicating them. Quote, real people need to know they've been unilaterally labeled Russian stooges without evidence or recourse, UL Roth writes. And that would include my senator in Wisconsin, uh, Senator Ron Johnson. And you guys remember Grassley being labeled as Russian influence operations as well. This is a big, messy, strategic issue that Nick should weigh in on. Nick Pickles, I'm sure, weighed in on it. Short version, I reverse engineered the list of accounts in the dashboard during Project Osprey. We did a full analysis of them. Real people need to know, okay, we saw that. Some Twitter executives badly wanted to out Hamilton 68 after Russians were blamed for hyping the Parkland shooting hashtag. One wrote... Why can't we say we've investigated and citing Hamilton 68 as being wrong, irresponsible, and biased? That's a very good question. Yoel Roth wanted a confrontation. My recommendation at this stage is an ultimatum. You release the list or we do, he wrote. However, there's an in, there were internal concerns about taking on politically connected alliance for securing democracy. You're still banned on Twitter too? Yeah, uncensored or not, I'm still banned on Twitter too. My recommendation at this stage is an ultimatum. We, this is an email from January 23rd, 2018. Interesting. I don't know how uh, date searches work in uh, QAlerts, do they work? No, never mind. Okay. Um, we have to be careful on how much we push back on ASD publicly, said the future White House and National Security Council spokesperson Emily Horn. Congratulations on your new job. <laughs> um, two Nick Pickles from Yoel Roth are carbon copying Yoel Roth. Sender is redacted. Um, and this is Emily Horn. For a comp standpoint, we're working extensively with reporters, OTR, and on the background to explain the flaws in Hamilton 68's methodology without getting into our full knowledge of it, <laughs> and to press them to encourage Hamilton 68 to be more transparent in their methodology. Carlos and others at Policy have been pushing back similarly with congressional staff. Until we have our own comparable but high-quality analysis to point to publicly, though, we have to be careful in how much pushback on ASD publicly. <laughs> I've also been very frustrated in not calling out Hamilton 68 more publicly, but we understand we have to play a longer game here, wrote Carlos Mange, the future senior advisor to Transportation Secretary Peter Buttigieg. Congrats on your new promotion. So the legitimate people, as one Twitter executive called them, never found out they had been used as fodder for mountains of news stories about Russian influence. Because the Twitter files contain the list, they've been gun finding out. 
quote, I'm shocked, says Sonia Mansour, who, who, ha, who as a child lived through the Civil War in Lebanon, supposedly in a free world, were being watched at many levels by what we say online. I've written a book about the U.S. Constitution, says Chicago-based lawyer David Shostokas, a great guy, by the way. How I made a list like this is incredible to me. He, David, you made a list because I interacted with you and promoted your content. Um, oh, you got it, Chris? Gotcha. Yeah, I was going to get to it in just a second after I get through this. Um, I've written a book about the U.S. Constitution. So David Shostakas is a great guy. Uh, David for from Fort Myers is his uh, was his Twitter hashtag, but um, he he's very 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 knowledgeable on um, on that. Okay, Chris, you did find it here, yeah? February twenty second, twenty nineteen. Thank you, Chris. Um, it's hard to watch it five different chats. Uh, February twenty second, twenty nineteen, my son's birthday. Yep, this is it. Nice find. So this is 2019 and then start two. There's the other list. Patriots, you have been selected as threats and falsely labeled as foreign disinformation agents. Though they attempt to disguise at the bottom as not all, this is an attempt to target and remove by false pretense all threatening voices, elimination of free speech to prevent loss of control. These actions are now being monitored and would strongly encourage forwarding this information to the appropriate members of Congress, Senate, and the media. We believe this is a test run to effectively silence the opposition while testing a potential media backlash and or official response. This attempt to remove silence fascism, those who oppose their view narrative should further demonstrate their resolve to control the message and the narrative when at any cost, Q. Perfect, Chris. Thank you for that. That's perfect timing. When I was growing up, my father told me about the McCarthyite blacklist, says Oregon native Jacob Levitch. As a child, it would never have occurred to me that this would come back in, in a force and in broadly, in a way, designed to undermine rights, civil rights we hold dear. Even Twitter executives were stunned to read who was on the list, wrote Policy Chief Nick Pickles and British comic about British comic Halborn LOLs. A wind-up merchant, I follow him, and I wouldn't say he's pro-Russian. I can't even remember him tweeting about Russia. <laughs> uh, nice mask, brother. <laughs> These are all the people that we used to interact with, followed by Too Stupid for Democracy. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, I'm listed as a foreign bot, said conservative media figure Dennis Michael Lynch. As a proud taxpaying citizen, charitable family man, and an honest son of a U.S. Marine, I deserve better. We all do. Agreed. Consortium editor Joe Loria, 
too was angered at the find that he was on the list, which targeted voices across the spectrum. Organizations like Hamilton 68 are in business to enforce a, an official narrative, which means excising inconvenient facts, which they call misinformation. There's Joe Loria. What makes this an important story is the sheer scale of the news footprint left by Hamilton 68's digital McCarthyism, the quality of, the quantity of headlines and TV segments dwarfs the impact of individual fabulists like Jason Blair or Stephen Glass. There you go. There's the cut and paste media right there for you. <laughs> How could every news outlet write the same thing? Ah, because the media is controlled by six globalist corporations. Hamilton 68 was used as a source to assert Russian influence in an astonishing array of news stories, support for Brett Kavanaugh or the Devin Nunez memo, the Parkland shooting, manipulation of black votes, attacks on Mueller investigation. <laughs> Interesting. The Observer, New York Times, CNBC. There's the Hamilton dashboard. These stories raised fears in the population and the most, what's most insidious of all were used to smear people like Tulsi Gabbard as foreign assets and drum up, drum up sympathy for political causes like Joe Biden's campaign by describing critics as Russian aligned, Russian web trolls, boo Biden. <laughs> Russian propaganda machine discovers 2020 Democrat candidate Tulsi Gabbard. Hey, where's Rachel Madcow? What's that dude up to these days? Incredibly and ironically, these stories were also frequently used as evidence of the spread of fake news on sites like Twitter. There's Mother Jones stepping in on February 6, 2018. February 6, 2018, huh? And then Q posted this February 22nd. Interesting. Q's just fake too. There's a hundred. There's, do you see the thousands of articles written about QAnons, man? These people are dangerous. The truth is dangerous, isn't it? It was a lie. The illusion of Russian support was created by tracking people like Joe Loria, Sonia Mansour, and David Shostokis. Virtually every major American news organization cited these fake tales. Even fact-checking sites like Snopes and PolitiFact. Wow. See, what, what, what Anons did is we looked into the money trails of PolitiFact and Snopes. And what you find is, ah, the global is funded and owned. Bought and paid for by the same people. Snopes said, Haven't, there's a fact-check right here, dummy. Uh, you're the fucking dummy. See it now? Light bulb go off in your little fucking brain now? Stop talking on Twitter yet? Or are you still running your fucking miles out there? All you easily manipulated morons that are out there, you still running your miles? Yeah, you sure as fuck are. Twitter didn't have the guts to out Hamilton 68 publicly, but did try to speak to reporters off the record. Reporters are chafing, said Horn. It's like shouting into a void. Boy, does that sound familiar. It's kind of like banging your head against a wall and wondering if anybody's listening to you or just, does everybody just hate you now? 
because you speak too much truth, say things that people need to hear. No, can't have that in this world. Can't have that. Can't have nice things in this world. I'm reaching out to individual reporters who are covering this to try to shape, but at this point, it's shouting into a void, yes, because they're going to cover for themselves and their little insider parties, you know? You're not going to get invited to the next White House party if you dare speak out. Jeez. Roth was offended by the idea that tweets on certain themes suggested subversion. Can we talk about how incredibly condescending if you talk about these themes, you must be duped by Russian propaganda? Oh, it's beyond condescending, but what it actually is is a projection. They're too fucking stupid to use their brains, and since they're so fucking stupid, they assume the rest of the world is fucking stupid. Or they're so racist themselves that they assume everybody else must be racist. No, it's a projection. Dumbest people alive use projection to uh, protect their simple little egos. God forbid if they weren't the smartest person in the room, then that would mean that everything they've learned to know is wrong. They can't have that because their whole persona is wrapped in a world of <laughs> created around them. <laughs> Again, even Roth, like most Twitter executives, our ardent Democrat partisan saw the Hamilton scheme that would lead people to assert that any right-leaning content is propagated by Russian bots. At least two other research institutions that used similar methodologies and were cited as sources in news stories were also criticized in Twitter email correspondence. What's this? Hmm. Link's missing. MSNBC, Watts, The Washington Post, Political, Mother Jones, which did at least 14 Hamilton 68 stories. Um, if you look into the fundings of those, you'll... You'll, you'll know exactly what's happening. The Alliance for Securing Democracy and the offices of politicians like Diane Feinstein all refuse to comment, unless this counts. <laughs> Are you really going to no comment my upcoming story about Hamilton 68? And, and the Alliance for Securing Democracy says, you can find information describing Hamilton 68's methodology published in 2017 and 2018 here. Don't be so stupid. It's right here. Smug pieces of shits. This was an academic scandal as well, and we use academic in quotes. As you all know, academic is like being in an intelligence insider in the U.S. government. We use intelligence in quotes. <laughs> Harvard, Princeton, Temple, NYU, George Washington University, and other universities promoted Hamilton 68 as a source. Of course they did. Princeton University, tracking and reacting to the Russian attacks on democracy. <laughs> Perhaps most embarrassingly, elected officials promoted the site and invited Hamilton experts to testify. Diane Feinstein, James Longford, Richard Blumenthal, Adam Shithead, Mark Warner were among the offenders. Of course, Shithead was. The mix of digital McCarthyism and fraud did great damage to American politics and culture and rigged an election and 
created a, an illegal overturning of an election, by the way. I mean, I, I'm kind of hoping like we we literally paused the timeline and this has been like a literal Groundhog Day, you know? And then we don't, we don't have to wait till 2024, right? We can just, at some point here, all this information will reach the, the world and then we can just unpause and go back to President Trump. That'd be cool. Can we do that? <laughs> oh, man. What's up, dear ninja? For more from the Twitter files, follow Barry Weiss, LH Fang, Schellenberger MD, and the FP and others. Twitter had no input to the story. Searches were conducted by a third party. No material has been left out. For more story on this story, read in details on Rocket.News. Roger that. Site can't be reached. Okay. So it looks like uh, that fun's happening already. Uh, what the Pagazi over? Ah, there we go. Oh, thanks. Uh, let's see here. America this week with Matt Talibi. Oh, okay. So it's their Substack. Cool, cool. All right. So there it is. There's the new Twitter files, guys. Uh, inside a color revolution. Well said. Absolutely right. How you guys doing over there on Rumble? Chinese bots blaming it on Russian bots? <laughs> no shit, JD Rich. That's that's uh more true to that statement than meets the eye. <laughs> Sorry about that, Twitch crowd. Uh, let's see. Hey, OG Mary, what's for dinner? How are you? All right, just checking in with you guys, seeing how you're doing. Uh, what's this? Um, just staying out of the bottom wing, Earth's core reverse. Yeah, that Earth's core story. I got I, I got that story, and I had it in the list, and I was like, eh, I'm going to let that one sit for a little bit. <laughs> and sure enough, that story's garbage as well. Uh, Susan Groves, good to see you out there. Much love. Nothing new from President Trump. Let's see what's new with Greg. 14 minutes ago, local election officials in Florida call for scraping new ID rules for mail voting. Interesting. What do you got here, Greg? Um, let's see. This is NPR Today, Ashley Lopez. County election supervisors in Florida are urging the state to throw out new vote-by-mail restrictions that are set to be rolled out next year, saying the measures could prevent present serious logistical and security issues. Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> there. Listen, this is going to make it hard for us to cheat. <laughs> That's what that meant. Uh, Greg, 17 hours with a prayer. That Now's a good time for a prayer. Let's do that. How much time we got? Half hour left? Um, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory and Christ Jesus, Philippians 419. Father God, you met my greatest need when you set your son to rescue me for eternal separation from you. Thank you. I never want to take your kindness for granted. So today, please teach me to come honestly before you and trust you with what I need. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Um, I also want to show you uh, this. I don't know if I've shown you guys this. The Chosen 40 Days with Jesus. That's better. That's uh, really cool, man. Um, I want to read something to you. Day 23, <clears throat> relationship. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. Because Jesus, for his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. John 2, 23, 25. Here we go. Let's, let's, uh, let's see what, um, the, what they chosen say about this. So, um, let's see. Two and a half pages. From Adam's first breath, God has been watching every choice, every thought, every motive for every act. Can you imagine what he's seen? Sure, there have been moments of goodness, righteousness, and love. Many were recorded in scripture and rewarded by God, but the bad far outweighs the good. Look at today's headlines and multiply the negative by a gazillion, and you'll begin to grasp just how wretched and sinful the human race is. Jesus was doing amazing things in Jerusalem, and the people were in awe. They followed him around and listened while he preached, no doubt motivated by the things they were seeing. In other words, as long as the people were experiencing miracles, they were willing to stay. But being in attendance, being in awe, being emotionally impacted, and even believing in the supernatural don't always result in a relationship with Jesus. Case in point. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. <clears throat> and as he entered a village... He was met by ten lopers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks now he was a Samaritan, and then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Luke seventeen eleven to 19 the lepers called him master and begged for mercy, and Jesus obliged. He sent them to the priest because according to the law, lepers had to be deemed clean in order to reenter society. They obeyed and went, and along the way were miraculously healed, which means by the time they arrived at the synagogue, the priest did, not, did indeed pronounce them clean. After that, I'm guessing most of them ran home to their families and friends and then resumed their lives. 
Only one of the ten ran back to thank Jesus. Why? Jesus posed the same question. But it was rhetorical because he knew what was in that man. He'd been watching since the beginning. Far too often, people want the perks of a relationship with Jesus without the actual relationship. They take credit when things go well and offer up a Hail Mary prayers when things go badly. They attend church, but only on holidays. They want the assurance of heaven while maintaining devotion to the world. They have a faith someday mentality. I'll go to Jesus when I'm older, when I'm done living life by my terms. But unfortunately, human terms are sin-soaked. Jesus is looking for people who are willing to run to him, to fall on their faces, to repent, surrender, and worship because of what, of who he is, and to learn and grow in faith that remains even when the miracles cease. Jesus knew what was in people's hearts. It's the reason he came. And so true believers aren't just in it for the miracles. They have been fundamentally and irrecoverably changed by Jesus himself, making relationship with him the ultimate prize. The prayer focus on this is thank God for the relationship he offers and ask him not to leave you alone so you can be closer to him as often as possible. Moving forward, can you think of a time your relationship with Jesus lagged? Is that now? What miraculous things has Jesus made in your heart since you started following him? Moving forward, how can you embrace heart changes over physical ones? The Chosen is um, the series itself. If you are a open-minded researcher, right? No matter what you believe, no matter what your biases may be on Christianity or Jesus or religion in general, I hope and I pray that everybody out there that is listening right now will take the time to watch the three, the three seasons of The Chosen, and just take it in. Learn, learn from the lessons that are like in this amazing 40 days with Jesus. And I hope that it will change one person. Much love, guys. Um, all right, where are we at here? Dolphin, how are you? Guys just kind of lurking out there today and listening. I love it. Well, that's right. I just I named the show just shut the fuck up and listen. That's why. Um, my plan for today was to read uh, Scalia Descents. I was just going to read this for two hours. <laughs> um, the writings of the Supreme Court's wittiest, most outspoken justice. In 2018, I was doing... Um, constitutional segments on uh, Patriot Soapbox, um, trying to uh, not teach, just talk about 
Um, the, the hours and the days and the months I spent reading the Federalist Papers and studying the Constitution and studying Scalia. Um, and, um, you know, we had some great discussions back then. Um, hopefully all of that is somewhere still uh, archived somewhere because I'm, I'm really part proud of, honestly, every show I've ever done. Um, I, there's not a show that I've done that I, that I wish I would take back. Not one. <laughs> not a decode I've ever done that I wish to take back. Not a statement I've ever made and a few here and there that I, I regret maybe a little bit, but there's, I was thinking about it last night, man. I was like, you know, there's so many content creators out there and we were kind of talking about how all this motivations for it and stuff, you know? Um, <laughs> um, but no, no, man, I'm just like, I was just, I was just reflecting on, on, um, I, I never really think about it. I've never watched one of my shows over again. I've never, well, one of them actually, um, I've never really, um, thought about, uh, cr critically, um, too much, you know, I, um, I don't know, but anyways, thank you, Neil. Thank you for the shades. High five to what you got going today, Abe. Been lurking and loving it. <laughs> High five back at you. God bless you, Neil. I'm so glad. I Man, seeing that glowing smile on your face, Neil, made me the happiest person that you can ever imagine. To Alan, a fellow patriot and a veteran who seeks honesty and truth in America and our United Republic. Enjoy, brother. May God bestow upon you and your family all of the riches a man could ever need or want. Where we go when we go all, mighty fine. Mighty fine's probably still out there in one form or another. Still lurking and listening, man. <laughs> um, I read I read the whole thing, man. I read, as soon as this came, I read the whole thing. And it reminded me of all of the dissents. Um that I had read from justice Scalia that I would be sitting there and all of a sudden just burst out laughing and people around me would be like, what are you laughing at? I, oh, I'm, I'm reading a Supreme court case. <laughs> and people would look at me like what the fuck is wrong with you. I'm telling you Scalia is the greatest dude. The greatest. Um, I'm going to read uh, free speech chapter nine. I'll read the introduction in uh, chapter nine here real quick. I don't know how much I'm gonna be able to get through it. Let's see. How long is this? Let's see how much we can get through. Huh? Uh, call it a Scalia moment. You are reading the latest opinion of Supreme court J associate justice Antonin Scalia and come across a witty line or a turn of phrase that makes you laugh out loud and insight or observation that makes you nod your head in agreement or a caustic barb that makes you wince for the target. Since his appointment in 1986, Scalia has been the court's premier conservative intellectual gladiator and chief wordsmith more than anyone who has served on the high court in recent history Scalia has given life. 
I lost my spot. Uh, Scalia has given life to Aristotle's injunction that it's not enough to know what to say. One must know how to say it. His words can be pointed. Today's opinion has no foundation in American constitutional law and barely pretends to, unquote, he charged in one case. Scalia's opinions can also be witty and humorous, explaining why he did not think the court should try to create a standard for defining literary or artistic value in an obscenity case. Scalia said, in my view, it's quite impossible to come to the objective assessment of at least literary or artistic value. There being many accomplished people who found literature in Dada and art in re- replication of a soup can. <laughs> in another decision, he explained why the court could comfortably rely on the testimony to, of witness who saw the face of an alleged killer, facial features of the primary means by which human beings recognize one another. That is why police departments distribute mugshots of wanted felons rather than Ivy League type posture pictures. It is why bank robbers wear stockings over their faces instead of floor-length capes over their shoulders. It is why Lone Ranger wears a mask (laughs) instead of a poncho. It is why a criminal defense lawyer who seeks to destroy an identifying witness by asking, you admit that you saw only the killer's face, will be laughed out of the courtroom. (laughs) His humor is often subtle. Consider his explanation of the proper meaning of the term modify. Modify, in our view, connotates moderate change. It might be good English to say that the French Revolution modified the status of the French nobility. (laughs) But only because there's a figure of speech called understatement and literary device known as sarcasm. (laughs) Oh, man. Scalia can use his words to create vivid images that help communicate his arguments. In one case, rather than simply admonish the court for his, uh, it's a selective use of off-criticized lemon test, which was created to identify government action that violates the religious establishment clause in C chapter 11. Scalia wrote, like some gull in the late night horror movie that repeatedly sits up in his grave and shuffles abroad after being repeatedly killed and buried, lemon stalks our establishment clause jurisprudence what again, once again frightening the little children and the school attorneys of Senator Moroke's Union Free School District. Decrying the court's refusal to reconsider its controversial decision in Roe versus Wade despite agreement among the majority of the court that the decision was flawed, Scalia said... Quote, it thus thus appears that the mansion of constitutionalized abortion law constructed overnight in Roe versus Wade must be disassembled door jam by door jam and never entirely brought down no matter how wrong it may be. In addition, Scalia has a talent for putting putting complex arguments about fundamental principles in an easy-to-understand terms, slicing through the various First Amendment analyses that might be applied to determine the free speech rights of uh, or the speech rights of, of religious, the speech rights of the religious, excuse me, Scalia concluded, a priest has as much liberty to prosthesize as a patriot. In another case, while arguing for freedom of political parties to set their own rules of organ, organization, Scalia wrote, a freedom of political association that must await the government's favorable response to a mother may I is not freedom of political association as at all. Finally, 
As even casual followers of the Supreme Court know, Scalia's words can reveal his outrage at the decisions reached and the lack of judicial restraint demonstrated by his colleagues on the high court. Scalia concluded one opinion, quote, the court must be in living in another world. Day by day, case by case, it's busy designing a constitution for a country I don't recognize. In another, this court seems incapable of admitting that some matters, any matters, are none of its business. <laughs> Scalia, way, Scalia's way with words is what makes this book plausible. His opinions, though full of legal arguments and, and analyses only a lawyer could love, are highly readable. His entertaining writing style can make even the most mundane areas of law interesting. It's no small feat. He even, he even educated this meathead jarhead into an amateur constitutional lawyer <laughs> that can do law better than the crackerjack lawyers in D.C. The opinions are chosen for this book are not necessarily Scalia's most important, but those I believe are the most interesting to read. Moreover, Scalia Dissents is not a technically accurate title for this book. A reader will recognize that more than just dissenting opinions... have been included. However, it is fitting because nearly every opinion reverses reveals Scalia and strong disagreement with the reasoning, if not the conclusion of the majority of the court. These disagreements often prompt the justice to write his most passionate and memorable opinions. The following writings show Scalia's judicial philosophy and practice reveal his skill at argumentation, demonstrate his ability to foresee future controversies and showcase his compelling writing style in every opinion. A combination of these factors is at work before each opinion. I provide information to give the reader background on the case, the relevant text of the constitution its historical interpretations, Scalia's general view of the, of the text, the court's previous decisions in the area, the relevant facts that led the case and the opinions of the court and other justices. For the sake of readability, I've eliminated many citations and almost all footnotes. Legal opinions are usually full of references and it's, it just, it, yeah. Uh, you gotta love them. 10 minutes left. So that pretty much wraps the show, huh? <laughs> you still there? You're still there. I only lost five of you. A book about uh, labels, a note about labels. After describing Scalia as the court's premier conservative, I spent some time arguing and include some cases to demonstrate that he is not always in step with political conservatives. The reason for that apparent conflict is that there is a difference between judicial conservative and political conservative. By political conservative, I, re I refer to elected official or political activist who supports a set of policies, including smaller governments, lower taxes, and traditional social values. By judicial conservative, I mean a judge who does not advance any political or policy preferences but whose approach to a constitutional and statutory interpretation in, involves fidelity to the text of the Constitution and adherence to the original understanding of what that document or the, to the intent of its drafters. The, the judicial conservatives' approach will result in many, many politically conservative outcomes, but it should not and will not always be the case. An example of how Judicial activism on the right is just as bad as just judicial activism on the left.
because you want something to happen because you believe it is what's best because you're a conservative and you have the, the best views on the way that our country should operate. No, that's not how justices should ever rule, not on your political opinions, but on political or judicial jurisprudence in the very limited form as possible. Finally, it should be noted that this book does not a personal biography of Justice Scalia, though facts about his background are mentioned when relevant, I would like to merely share Scalia's most compelling opinions and give readers for the benefit of context an, an overview of his judicial uh, philosophy. Justice Scalia's way with words, his reasoning, and his vision all are showcased in the chapters that follow experience some of the most noteworthy, colorful, and entertaining opinions ever written by a United States Supreme Court justice. And finally, enjoy some classic Scalia moments. <laughs> oh, man. I spent, um, I can't even tell you how much time I spent studying Scalia. I, I just love him as a person and... He can really teach you a lot. 233 to 257. So chapter nine, free speech is uh, about 40 pages. Um, and there's obviously no way I'm going to get through any of that right now. I just want to see the front, the first page of it. Uh, 233. Oh, there it is. Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. Many Americans cherish the freedom, First Amendment's protection of freedom of speech more than any other liberty on the Bill of Rights. It was written into the Constitution by a generation of Americans that did not always permit or enjoy the first full exercise of that freedom. Yet the framers believed that truth, so necessary for an enlightened self-government, would best be served by competition in the marketplace of ideas. That marketplace has grown over the years. The First Amendment has been extended by federal courts to cover new dancing, shouting obscenities, flag burning, pornography, and even refusing to wear a necktie. Although some doubt whether the First Amendment was meant to cover such speech, no one doubts that the fundamental purpose of the First Amendment was the protection of political speech. Indeed, political speech is said to lie at the heart of the First Amendment. Justice Scalia has supported efforts to protect traditional speech. He also supported protection of expressive activity when government laws sought to limit that activity solely because its communicative aspect. The clearest example of this was his vote to strike down a federal law criminalizing the destruction of American flag. Scalia joined the court's opinion on U.S. versus Eichmann in 1990, which held that law was aimed directly and unconstitutionally at supporting a manner of communicating opposed opposition to the United States and its policies. Although Scalia has not been uh, as willing as his colleagues to protect some categories of speech, pornography to name one, he has fully defended two clear but unpopular exercises of First Amendment rights, election-related speech and anti-abortion pro protest. Scalia has said that the court uses an ad hoc nullification machine to eliminate its normal constitutional analyses whenever the issue before it involves abortion. And if you study Scalia and you study his dissents in major court cases that have shaped our world today, you see 
how far back the infiltration into the course has happened. Goes back to the early 1920s when the courts were then manipulated justice after justice after justice with political activists on the bench rather than justices who care about proper jurisprudence. And now you got uh, Biden sneaking another one in there after a stolen election. Go freaking figure, right? News blitz to end the show, and then we'll let you guys go hang out wherever you may be tomorrow. Tomorrow night, 11.15 Central, 12.15 Eastern, J-Bell, the fallen one, and I, myself, will be joining, will be doing another, uh, I, I can't wait, another um, Into the Looking Glass, I don't know what we call it, uh, another show to, um, I'm, I'm really, I don't know, I'm losing my train of thought. Um, I'll just pull that up and we'll, and I'll, where is my shit? Ah, there it is. Um, I'm looking forward to that tomorrow night, Jay and Fallen One. I, I uh, had a great discussion with you guys last week and we had a uh, pretty good chemistry and good, uh, good conversation. And there was a great audience that was with us the whole time as well. And I, I'm glad you guys have invited me back for another edition. I appreciate that very much. If you, you don't, don't feel obligated whenever you want to just do your own thing or whatever you want to do, completely up to you. I appreciate it very much. Uh, tomorrow night, choice to know. figure out how in the world you are doing that. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is friggin' sweet, Jay. Um, pretty awesome for sure. All right, what do we got? Former judge found dead after losing a job over ethics probe, but she just wanted to protect her daughter. Hmm. A former Nevada judge has died by her own hand after resigning following an ethics probe into her conduct. Melanie Andras Tobiasson died as a result of a self-inflicted gunshot wound on Friday, according to the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Tobiasson, T-O-B-I-A-S-S-O-N. Diggers out there, I did a quick dig. You're going to want to look into some of the cases. Uh, something, Something's up there. there. Where there's smoke, there's fire on that one. Secret code hidden by woke programmers discovered to be still shadow banning Twitter users under Elon Musk. David Rubin was invited to Twitter headquarters to see the inside scoop about how many Twitter users are still experiencing engagement issues as reported by shadow bands. I was told, why are we still experiencing the selective release of Twitter files? Dump them on the chans, Elon. Uncensor Anons, let us dig. Two states now have universal school choice and yours could be next. Iowa became the second state in the country. Several other red states are doing it as well. Looking forward to it. Arizona uh, was the trendsetter for this after Governor Ducey signed a universal school choice into law on July 7th, 2022, and it will keep going. They told me you can't change the world. They told me the, the, the teachers union was too powerful, and now all around the world, or all around the country, school choice is happening. It's beautiful to watch. The anti-police movement is deadly. Shocker. Be careful what you wish for. Lighten Woodhouse. Substack today, <clears throat> along with uh, Michael, along with My Michael Schellenberger of Twitter Files fame, uh, put a great great thread out there today 
talking about um, the specific uh, areas where they have targeted defunding the police and how black murders have rose the absolute most. Seems like that would be the goal, doesn't it? Same old racist, same old story. Marine Corps continues weaponization of law against the Marine for resisting the mandate-related harassment. God bless her. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Catherine Arnett was placed under house arrest by her chain of command on charges related to her resistance to COVID-19 vaccine mandate, as well as her resistance to the related harassment by her chain of command that followed. Charges were dropped in, in September following an August 18th, 2022 federal court injunction that precluded the Marine Corps from punishing and discharging Marines who refused the COVID-19 vaccine on religious grounds. All she wanted to do was be a Marine. And instead, they continue harassing her. Man, do we need, we need Trump back. White House hopeful blasted for slow response to a pregnant wife fainting after he announced his presidential bid. Did you guys see this? What the hell is going on here? Look at this. in our free enterprise system and keeping every American safe by preparing us in our free enterprise system and keeping every American safe by preparing us What are you doing? Why, what, are you, what, what, what is this guy doing? What kind of husband watches his pregnant wife just collapse and is like, huh, what's going on over here? Huh, you all right? You doing all right over there, girl? Not looking too good. Get up. The fuck is that, dude? And who is this guy announcing his presidential bid? Uh, Rollin Roberts II, West Virginia businessman. I don't know. I don't know, dude. Dollar collapse in slow motion. Saudi Arabia signals the end of the petrol status. It begins. Maybe. We'll see. There you go. There you go. There you go. Thanks for being here today, guys. Sausage launcher. Nana knows. Glenn and everyone else over there on Rumble, thanks for hitting the thumbs up button. Thanks for being here today, guys, with, with me. Wherever you may go, please let them know. Uncensored Dave sent you. Thank you for thank you all for being here today. RP4 Al Squirrel. Daisy Chains, Polly, Neo, Sean Joe, Poipusful, Sean Joe, Sean Joe, Mighty Patriot, who cares? J Bell, Average Joe. Thank you all for the love, support, and prayers, and especially all of the gold pills today. You guys are amazing. Thank you for your support. I can't do it without you, and you guys have been very generous, and I cannot thank you enough. God bless you all. Thank you for being here today. Enjoy the rest of your evening, wherever you may go. Let them know on Sensor Dave since you average Joe tonight, fucking Friday, 10 p.m. Central. Make sure you check that out. Looking forward to hanging out uh, tonight and seeing what my bros got going on. Everyone over there on Twitch, much love, guys. Thank you all for being here today. If you're heading over to Frank, wherever you may go, let them know one since Dave sent you. God bless you guys. Thanks for being here today. Best Nunyi. Hey, great to see you. Great to see you. Grandson went into the Marines last Sunday, boot camp at San Diego. I will pray for him, Best Nunyi. It's great to see you out there. And with that, I want to say much love and God bless you all. Thanks for hanging out with me today. See you guys tomorrow night with J-Bell. Looking forward to that. And I'll see you guys Sunday evening for another prayer session. I love it.
I'll see you guys then. Much love and God bless you all. See you guys around. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.